said a funny thing happened yesterday. I was at a wedding for my niece and someone I had not seen in a long time was telling me they had been watching our service on YouTube. And it was on a Sunday afternoon and the wife came through the house. He was watching the video and and uh, she went out onto the back porch and got in a swing and and evidently fell asleep. And about two hours later, she came back in. And I'm still preaching. And she looked at her husband and she says, My Lord, is he still going? Well, I hope I don't go that long today. Matter of fact, I probably will not. But go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 8. Psalms, the 8th chapter. My goodness, the Lord is so good to all of us. Far more than we deserve. I don't even know how to express my gratitude to Him for all that He's done. And He takes such uh, care and concern for all of us. I believe the Lord has a word for somebody today. Psalms chapter 8, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. And the psalmist said to the chief musician upon Gittith, a psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Hast thou set thy glory above the heavens? Or who has set thy glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, Thou hast ordained strength. Why? Because of thine enemies. That thou mightest steal the avenger. Or steal the enemy. And the avenger. Seems strange that. When you go ahead and read the rest of it, he he goes back to the heavens. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy finger. And then he comes back to man. The mixture of these two diametrically different entities. God's heaven and man. There could be nothing that is polar opposites. You see the beauty and the strength in God's heaven and in man you see weakness. But today I want to talk to you about a perfecter of life. A perfecter of life. And I hope that I will only say what I need to say and get out of the way. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This psalm that we have read from this morning is a very powerful portion of scripture and when you really grasp the truth that it contains it is liberating as a matter of fact it is a portion of scripture that Jesus himself quoted when he was confronted by some angry scribes and priests that didn't like all the commotion that was going on in the temple there were a bunch of worshipers there. Evidently, they were making a lot of noise. They were making things uncomfortable for these 
scribes and priests and and so they bring it to the Lord's attention. Do you not hear what they're saying? And Jesus reached back to this psalm of David and he pulls it back into their remembrance that out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, out of the mouth of the insignificant, that God was going to uh, establish strength. He was going to do a work. The psalm that we read from is a truth that I believe the devil hopes that none of us ever fully understand and capitalize on. I believe that it is a word that Satan fears more than he fears anything other than the name and the blood. It's what can happen in your life when you understand what God has equipped you and I with and what he has given to you and I to become a perfecter of life. The whole drift of Psalms 8 really concerns the glory of God. And you see it demonstrated in two different entities. You see it in the heavens and you see it in humanity. The heavens declare God's glory, the scripture says. The created masterpiece of moon and stars and planets and their orbits and their gleaming world that shines upon us day and night. And we are indeed impressed by the marvel of God's wonder. Everywhere you look, you see His glory on display. And the awe and majesty and the mystery of the universe that surrounds us is beyond description. It's staggering in its dimensions. It is Unbelievable in its depth and the traveling in it is inconceivable and it is moving at unimaginable speeds, reaching further and further and further than our minds can even grasp. And it is a tribute to the power of God, the work And the scripture declares in the latter portion of this that he did it all with his finger. Yeah. Every time you get up in the night and go outside or you look up in the heavens and you see the moon and the stars and the planets and you look through a telescope and you see the blending and the blurring of multitudes of stars and wonders And we've tried to probe it, but we haven't even reached the end of it. And when you look at that, understand that all it took for God to do that was His fingers. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty amazing. That's our God. That's my God. I don't know if He's your God, but He's my God. Amen. Does anybody know that God this morning? The God that's able to shape and form and create and do things that are beyond our comprehension. The second place in which his power is demonstrated in the words of the psalmist is found in babes and sucklings. Now, I do not believe that that statement is merely referring to infants. I believe he is referring to humanity at its weakest. 
it, humanity at its deep place of poverty. There's no strength. There's no provision for itself. There's no capabilities of handling itself. And yet God chooses that means. He chooses that avenue of our human weakness to become a display for His power and His glory and His blessings. This is man stripped of all of His prominence and His prestige and His position and power and money. There's nothing left but just weakness and feebleness and yet stripped of all of those things that we so depend on in our life and we so count of value and worth that when we are stripped down to our essential elements and there's nothing but weakness and humility that God said that becomes an avenue for my greatest display of power and grace that there is other than the heavens. That's amazing. That God would choose these two different, so totally apart. I mean, when you look at God's heaven, you see vastness and wonder and awe. I mean, you cannot stand there without being impressed to see the, 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 uh, the lights that would shimmer in the evening and different parts of the world. You see all of the movements of the colors and God did all of that with his finger and he said that is a display of my glory. That is a display of my power. But the other display of my power is sitting on these pews right here. You become the avenue through which God shows His greatest work. Amen. And the psalmist said that He uses this humanity, this weakness. And here's the powerful principle at work. Listen to it again. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, Thou hast ordained strength. Because... Of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. I want you to look at all of the things that the psalmist tied together here. He tied babies, sucklings, infants. Uh, speak of it in that terminology. Weak, feeble. He connects that to strength and power. He talks about an enemy and not only an enemy but an avenger. It's one thing to know what your enemy is or who your enemy is. But some of us don't recognize that there's also an avenger. An avenger is a tormentor. An avenger is one that constantly comes along beside you and whispers in your ear, I know who you are. I know what you've been. I know what you've done. You know, it's one thing to have to deal with an enemy, but when you have to deal with that avenger that comes, and the Lord said, I'm going to give you a remedy to deal with both of them. I'm going to give you a way of dealing not only with your external issues, but your internal issues. 
Is somebody going to listen to me today? I'm going to give you a power that can deal with those things that come against you from outside. But I'm also going to give you an authority to deal with those things that come to work on your mind and trouble your spirit. And I'm going to come and give you something that will run that tormentor out of your life. Praise God. A perfecter of life. Babies, enemies, avengers, strength, sucklings, all of those things, references to our feebleness and our weakness. And he said, in the mix of all of that, I, everybody say God did it. God did it. Not you. I didn't come up with this. We didn't get in the back room and decide, okay, what can we do to help people? But God said, I did this. I ordained this. I established this. When you study that word ordained in the original text, it has such powerful depth of meaning. It actually speaks of a bulwark. It speaks of something that has been established and prepared and fixed and settled that is unmovable and that cannot be destroyed. It is more powerful than any other force that would come against it. He said, I have ordained strength. I have ordained it. I have set it in place. And nothing, the devil can't undo it. The avenger can't undo it. Your mind can't undo it. Your thoughts can't undo it. He said, I have ordained this. I have founded this bulwark. I have built this fortress. I have established this stronghold. Amen. And when Jesus quoted this verse, he more clearly interprets what, what was meant in that verse by he ordained strength. Jesus, if you read Matthew 21, 16, he said, Thou hast, out of the mouth of babes and suckling, thou hast perfected praise. Now, what's interesting to me is the word Jesus chose to use there. Because the word perfecter there means to repair. It means to rebuild. It means to restore. It means to mend. It means to tie back together. Are you listening to me? The word he said that is going to perfect your life the thing that I'm giving you that will help tie your life back together and put order back in your life and put purpose back in your living, the thing that I am going to give you that will help bring back and restore and rebuild what has been torn down by life, what has been rendered ineffective. He said, I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to make it sound. I'm going to mend whatever has been broken I'm going to do whatever needs to be done to make something what it ought to be. And here's how I'm going to do it. Are you ready? I'm going to do it by the stuff that comes out of your mouth. I'm going to do it by the words that come out of your mouth. I'm going to do it by the praise that you lift up to me. He said, I'm going to take that word 
and I'm going to make it a repairer of the breach in your life. I'm going to take that word and I'm going to tie back those loose ends. I'm going to take that word of praise that is on your lips and I'm going to restore the years the canker worm hath devoured. Some of you are waiting on it to come from the outside. I have news for you. It's already inside. It's in you right now. It's in your mouth. That's what Paul said. The word is in your mouth. That word of faith. If you'll just open your mouth up and begin to declare it and speak it and prophesy it and preach it. Now listen to me. I'm not preaching some goofy philosophy. I'm just telling you what the Lord said. I want to give you a perfecter for life because life can get really messed up. We mess it up. God didn't mess it up. I mess it up. I mess it up by my decisions. I mess it up by my choices. I mess it up by my attitude. I mess it up by the way that I look at life, the way I feel about life. I can destroy all the good in my life because of how I approach life. But God said, I've got got to get something through to somebody this morning that I have prepared a perfecter for your life. That when life is filled with defects and when life is out of adjustment and you can't seem to make anything work and nothing wants to go the right way and you're disjointed and everything's dysfunctional, God said, I'm going to give you a key. I'm going to give you a solution to that. I'm going to let something come out of your mouth. I'm going to let you use your mouth to declare some things that when you declare them, they're going to free me to do what you have declared to be done. When you say he's the Lord, when we sing all these beautiful courses we sing and all those things that we declare about him, that literally when you start declaring them, You are loosening him to be just that in your life. That's why something powerful happens when we really do get beyond just merely saying it in our mind and we speak it in our spirit. Something happens. We feel the moving of God's spirit. And that's not something to be afraid of. That's something to understand that God recognizes the need in your life. And he sent a healer among us. And he sent a repairer. And when life doesn't fit together. When life is out of sorts, God knows how to put it together. God knows how to work it out. Amen. The Old Testament prophet Jeremiah shows us the picture of a potter. He's taken there by the Lord to show him a message for people of God, for the people of God. And he said he watched him as he worked with that piece of clay. And, and, and he, he noticed as he pressed him and it would whirl around on that table that, that the deft hands of the potter was molding it and shaping it. But he, but he noticed the longer that he stood there, something, something seemed to be wrong. There, there was some part of it that wasn't giving in. It wasn't, 
it, it, it wasn't working out the way that it was supposed to work out. The more he tried to push on that, the more it resisted him. And, and he stood there watching in the mystery of that moment, wondering what is God trying to show me? What is God wanting to tell Israel? And then he watched as that potter crushed that and evidently took out that hard part. And the Bible said he made it over again another vessel. And the prophet went away from their understanding. That when you don't know how to work it out. When you're in the right hands and you're in the right place. God knows how to work it out in your life. That when you can't seem to make it fit together. And it doesn't seem to want to work in your behalf. That when you're in the right place. When you're on the potter's wheel. And when his hands are your life. He said, I can work those things out in your life. I can repair those things that life has broken in your life. And here is the singular powerful truth of this particular verse of scripture. That your praise, everybody say my praise. My praise has the power to silence my enemy Everything that's out here, and it has the power to silence this enemy. And that is why the devil fears you understanding that truth. Because if you ever wake up to that, if you ever realize that there is in my possession right now the ability to connect my life to another world. That's what praise is. It's connecting my weakness with His strength. It's connecting my inabilities with His power. And so when I begin to really praise Him and worship Him, that I am connecting myself to a power that can literally transform my life. And that's why the devil works to keep you silent. That's why the devil works to tell you That you really don't have a testimony. That's why he come to tell you that your prayers don't matter. Why? Because he knows if you ever open your mouth and speak it out, God is going to work in your behalf. Come on, let's praise him together right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus tied praise with strength. He tied them together. So literally, when you involve yourself with praise, you are drawing into your life the most powerful resources that are available to anybody anywhere on planet earth. You say, that sounds too simple. I know. That's what the devil will tell you. It's a little more complicated than that. And the truth is, the reason he wants you to think it's more complicated than that, so you'll keep believing all the lies that are going on up here and all the lies that are coming from you out here. Amen. But the word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth. That word... That when you open your mouth, I don't understand this church. It is too deep for me. But here's what I figured out about God. I really don't care about being deep. I want to be a believer. 
I don't care about being known as a great thinker, but I do want to be known as a great praiser. Because there's some things about God's economy I don't understand. I don't understand that if you want to go up, if you want to live, you've got to die. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't equate. But when I get outside of my human thinking and I look at it from God's perspective, God said, I want to tell you, I want to give you the same thing that I used in the beginning to start all that, and that was my word. I'm going to give you the power to speak words. I'm going to give you the same power to do what I did in the beginning. Satan may have stripped you from some of that power, but the reason that I came was to restore that power in your life and give you the ability to stand up in the face of adversity and say hey boys I've got a weapon to use on you today and I've decided that I am going to be a praiser and a worshiper hallelujah and so he said that God uses the praises of the weak and the feeble to build a stronghold that the devil can't penetrate and the avenger can't get through. That's powerful, folks. That out of my praise, my weakness, my feebleness, this is what's so amazing about praise. Would you listen to me for just a minute? Would you all look at me just now? That you, in your weakest form, are more powerful than any devil or demon or avenger there might be on this earth. That you in your weakest condition, when you open your mouth and you start using your words to praise Him, all of a sudden there's power that becomes available to my life that I did not have access to before then. And I have to learn that if I want freedom in my life, if I want deliverance in my life, if I want God's goodness in my life, Hallelujah. David used the word still. Now he's not talking about a moonshine still. Still. The literal word means muzzle. Muzzle. You ever seen anybody put a muzzle on a dog? He's yelping. (laughs) And that's exactly what God said, I'm going to do when you start praising me. That that avenger and that enemy that's taunting you and tormenting you and haunting your life and reminding you of your weakness and your failure, you ought to just prance your little weak body out here and say, hey folks, I may be weak, but when I'm weak, I'm strong. And when I'm weak and I open my mouth and I praise Him, there's power in me to silence, to muzzle. (laughs) 
wish some of you could understand what I'm saying right now. The devil's been whispering stuff in your mind all week long. You're not worthy. You're no good. You'll never make it. You're not going to do this. God said, if you'll just spend some time praising me, if you'll just spend some time worshiping me, I'll put a muzzle on that voice. I'll silence that voice. I'll shut him up. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. One translation of the word still means to put an end to. You know how to put an end to all the nonsense in your life? Just become a praiser and a worshiper. Oh, but Brother Hughes, I thought I had to do these two steps first. That's, That's what your enemy would like to keep you believing. It's a little more complicated. He's trying to simplify it too much. No, I'm not. I'm just reading and dissecting the word and understanding that God has given me something that when life gets so convoluted and so distorted and out of place and broken down and it looks hopeless that if I will learn the power that is in my mouth and I will lift up my voice and begin to cry out to him that he can take those feeble words and make it a bulwark that no matter how hard the enemy rams against it, no matter how hard he comes to try to knock it down, he cannot penetrate that wall that God has put around your life. Some people, some people are of the opinion that that's just a simplistic way of looking at life. No, that's a scriptural way of looking at life. And either you believe the word or you don't believe it. Either it's real or it's not real. And the fact is, God said, I'm going to give you that something that's going to elevate you so that when they look at man and they look at the heavens, they're going to see the glory of God. Mm, I'm going to close. God said he's going to use the praise of the weak and the feeble. To tear down and demolish the works of the enemy. The tormentor, the oppressor, the intimidator. And he has the power to shut Satan's mouth through the praise and the worship that comes out of your life. To muzzle that. Amen. That's why the devil works so hard to convince you. That praise doesn't matter. It's just emotionalism. It's just craziness. It's this. It's that. It's why the devil works so hard to convince you. That's not you. Yeah. That's why he works so hard to convince you. Because if you ever tap into this, the truth of what we've read today, 
you understand that there is no roadblock he'll ever be able to put in your life that God will not give you the power to overcome. And there is no dysfunction that can come to your life that God cannot help put it back together. Our weapons are very simple and they're singular. He said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, I have perfected praise. I have taken praise and I have taken that adoration that you give to me and that lifting of your head that you offer me and I am going to make it a perfecter and a putting back together. That's why the devil wants to convince you that your prayers don't matter. That's why he wants to convince you that your praise doesn't matter. But more importantly, that's why the devil convinces many that their testimony doesn't matter. Because there's no greater way to demolish hell's agenda than to see a recovered, born again, child of God sitting on a pew in his right mind, (laughs) clothed. Ah, yes. (laughs) The greatest testimony against hell this morning is that he didn't win. That he did not accomplish his purpose. Because I look around this building today and I see former drug addicts. I see former alcoholics. I see former lusters. I see former murderers. I see people of every race, every kindred, every kind. And we're here because of one reason. We're here because of the grace of God that was bestowed upon our life. And he gave us the power to tap into his resources. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Praise God. Do you know that the sharpest blow that can be dealt your enemy and more importantly your avenger is for you to keep showing up for church. Sometimes just showing up is the victory. When you've been through hell all week long, you fought every kind of devil and you fought yourself and, and, and family's been all out of sorts and all that kind of stuff, just to come to the house of God, that in itself is a victory. That's one of the greatest blows. But the enemy dreads nothing more than a witness bearer of the power of God's might that's why he shakes when he hears you praise that's why he trembles when he hears you praise the Lord that's why he runs when he hears you give your testimony why? because the weakest among us can silence the strongest of voices that are against us You and I at our weakest moment when we open our mouth and we speak out to Him there is a power that hell cannot resist and it cannot overcome. Amen. Hallelujah. God will use my littleness to bring down His mightiness. (laughs) Oh yes. Hallelujah. Amen.
And some of you don't feel too hot today. Come on, you need to join me anyway. Because those are the ones God's looking for to show you. I've got a perfecter for your life. I've, I've got something that if you learn how to embrace it and fellowship it and make it a part of your life, it'll transform the way you live and the way you act and the way you go about life. Amen. A little girl came into the house one day with a real troubled look on her face. Lips were quivering, tears in her eyes. She looked up at her daddy and she said, Papa, is God dead? That question really startled the man because he hadn't really been living the way he should have been living. He hadn't been the example to the family he should have been. and So it stirred something in him and he looked down with the tenderness of any father and he said, what baby? No, God is not dead. Why do you ask that question? She said, because I never hear you talk about him anymore. Open your mouth. I said, open your mouth. Lift up your voice. And watch something begin to change in your life. Watch it begin to change in your family. Watch it begin to change in your relationships. Open your mouth and begin to speak the praises of God over your family. The blessings of God over your family. Listen to me. The reason there are some people that are having such struggles in their family right now is because all their family ever hears is all the stuff that's not right. Why don't you open your mouth and start... Listen, even if it ain't so, pardon my English, even if it is not so, speak it anyway. Because when you begin to speak it, he said that becomes a weapon that I can utilize against your enemy to silence all of those forces that are working against you to try to destroy you and I can silence I can Uh, some of you need to let God put a muzzle on your tormentor this morning some of you need to let God put a and you know how you let God do that by opening your mouth to him By giving Him the praise and giving Him the worship and giving Him the adoration that He deserves. Making His word the the first thought. Man, prophesying over your family, speaking good over your children, speaking good over your home, speaking good over your job. The reason some of you are so disgruntled with your job is because all you see about it is what's not good about it. I wonder what would happen if you were to walk in there Monday morning and say, thank you, God, for my office. Thank you, God, for these co-workers. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Thank you, God, for the money that I'm making. I just stretched some of you way further than you wanted to go on Sunday morning. The perfecter of life. He put it in your mouth. I don't understand it, but I know it works. 
because when I begin to praise Him, all these other things begin to diminish. They, 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 they begin to fall away. When I begin to praise Him, the troubles that so affected my mind God begins to show me there's a way out. And he, he, he begins to give me direction and discernment to know how to deal with these things and what to do. We, we sit around straining our brains. Some of us have a brain strain right now because we've been trying to figure out on our own how we're going to make it work. I'm going to tell you how to make it work. Get into the atmosphere of praise and come into a place where you can worship Him and let it be not just a moment, that a, a thing that you do for this moment, but let it be an atmosphere that you live in. Begin to live in an atmosphere of praise. Live in an atmosphere of worship and Watch God take what you speak out of your mouth toward Him and turn it and begin working on your life and begin healing your life and putting your life back together. Would you lift up your voice to Him right now? Come on, let's do that. Hallelujah!